Hello, I'm glad you're with us today. Last week, we kicked off our series, Proven Playbook, Family Edition, by looking at marriage. This week, we're going to talk about parenting and how it's God's intended training camp for our kids. Parenting is a wonderful thing, but it can be exhausting and challenging, just like these guys who are doing sprints in training camp are likely to get exhausted. I know I did when I played football in high school. I was so out of shape that I got sick every year when training camp started on the first day. Parenting is exhausting like that. It takes everything in you to stay in your right mind and focus on exactly what's most important in each situation. When your kids are babies, you're sleep deprived. As they grow older, you get more sleep and you have an opportunity to focus more on training. And then when they're teenagers again, you lose sleep again because you're waiting up for them to come home. If you're a parent of younger kids, I want to share some memes with you that I get a kick out of and I'm sure you can identify with them. Here's one, how it looks. Versus how it feels. And another, surrounded by toys. You're surrounded by toys. Are you not entertained? That's amazing how kids can just have all kinds of toys around them and still want more. And here's another one. What I feel I look like after the kids have finally gone to bed. That's just how it is. And... If you've been a parent or you are a parent, I'm certain that you can relate to those memes. Before I get into what the Bible says about parenting, I'd like to recap our approach to the series. First of all, the Bible is God's word to us. He's given us a proven playbook that we can follow, and principles for parenting are readily in it and for family life. And then God doesn't think like we do. We need to adapt and adjust and give up our big ideas if they conflict with God's ideas. And we acknowledge in this series, we're going to acknowledge the tension between God's ideal and the broken world's real. I go into more detail explaining this approach to this series in last week's message. You can... Uh, view it on our YouTube channel, CIV's YouTube channel. At the outset, I just want to say, no parent is perfect. All of us experience the gap between God's ideal and the broken world's real. One of my major concerns as a parent was that I was going to mess my kids up as I parented them because I know me. And I am far from perfect. I I noticed one time that my son, Thad, whenever I mentioned discipline, he had a certain look on his face. He kind of scrunched it up. And and so I asked him about it one time. I said, you know, Thad, whenever I talk about discipline and disciplining kids, you have this certain look on your face. I said, why is that? And he said, well, you know, Dad, There was that one time when you really were very, very hard on me in anger. And in that moment, 
the Holy Spirit said, you need to get that right with him. You were. And I knew it. He knew it. And so I said, Thad, that was wrong. I I disciplined you in anger. Will you forgive me? And he forgave me. And he doesn't really remember that. He, he told me one time that he doesn't remember that instance, even the conversation. But I'm sure he would if I hadn't asked his forgiveness and got it. So I am so grateful for the help that God gives. God wants to help us as we follow him. And if you'll use his playbook and ask him for help as you need it in parenting, he gives it because you and your kids are incredibly important to him. As we start out, I'd like to walk through some passages on parenting. The Bible has a lot more to say on parenting, but we're going to look at these three right now. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Immediately after God created the first man and woman, he instructed them to start a family. Marriage and family are God's ideas. He invented them. And he is for marriage and family in a big way. In fact, he instructed us in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the the Bible, to honor marriage and to be pro-family. Next is a passage that is very important in the history of Israel, and for Jews today still, uh, serious Jews who are seeking God. It, it is referred to as the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for here. It, the force of the word in Hebrew is on active listening. You're listening so that you can do. And if you're not doing, you're not listening. Let's read this passage. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So here, here's the Shema. Here, here's what's important in our parenting. We must love God with all our heart. And this has tremendous implications for our parenting, which we'll talk about in a moment. God's people would recite the Shema every morning and every evening. They wanted to bookend their days with what's most important. They wanted to remind themselves as they started their day and ended their day, that they need to love God 
with their whole being, with everything they've got. The next passage that we're going to look at is from the book of Malachi. The backdrop for this verse is that God's people have been unfaithful to him, and specifically married men have been unfaithful to their wives. Part of God's word to Malachi unlocks God's design for parenting, his intent. Malachi 2.15 Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Parenting is much more than feeding, changing diapers, wiping runny noses, helping with homework, shuffling kids around town to different activities. That's all important, but there's a much greater purpose in our parenting that God has given. According to the Bible, the purpose of parenting is to raise up the next godly generation. Families are designed to be the training camp for the next generation of kids, and we need to learn how to make the most of it as parents The most of the opportunities, the stresses and the struggles and all the training opportunities that there are in the middle of family life and life in general. And families are the training camp for our kids, either for good or for ill. So we need to make the most of it. God clearly explains in Malachi 2.15, he invented marriage for a reason, because he was seeking godly offspring. He wants us to learn how to best help our kids as they're walking through life develop character like God, godly character, which is basically godly means a God-referenced life. He makes a marriage couple one so that they can work as a team to train their kids to be godly. This is the opposite of what you hear in society. Most of the time, people focus on helping their kids become a scholar, an athlete, or a statesman at an early age. But developing character that is godly is what God wants us to do. It's the most important. Biblical parenting focuses on the long game, not the short game. Skills and achievements, they're nice, but character is going to be valuable in every situation your kids face. And so it's really important to think about how do I use what they're going through and what they're dealing with and where they're at developmentally to help them adopt the character of Jesus Christ, a godly character. A major way we raise up the next generation, according to the Shema, is by talking about the Word of God as we go through our day with our kids. You shall teach them diligently to your children Talk about them when you sit in your house, 
when you walk, by the way, when you're traveling around town, as you gain insight into the scriptures, you, you can translate that into your kids at their level of understanding. With those key passages as a backdrop, I want to turn to ask, how do we actually do that? Specifically, how do we raise up the next godly generation? If you're not a parent, I want to, I want to encourage you not to check out on this message. There are specific verses that we've looked at that address parenting and family, but they also speak to all relationships, to our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And we'll see in a moment that everyone in a church community has a role to play in the lives of the families involved in the congregation. First, I want to talk about how do we raise up a godly, the next godly generation? And the first thing you do is follow Jesus. It may sound like I'm being obvious, but you can't lead your kids where you haven't been personally. You can help your kids in some areas without experience in those areas, but there is no way that you're going to be able to help your kids to know and follow Jesus Christ if you aren't knowing him, getting to know him better and better, and following him yourself every day. You're not going to follow Jesus perfectly for sure. But if you are going to raise, if you and I are going to be a part of raising up the next godly generation, then we need to know and follow Jesus in a serious way. It's clear path. You learn from Jesus through his word, and you pass along what you're learning to your kids. If you aren't yet following Jesus Christ, CIV is a great place to explore what that means. And we want to help you. We want to encourage you. Let us know on the connection card if you're wanting to explore with someone. Let us know by checking the box, contact me about clarifying my commitment to Christ or about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants to be involved in every part of our lives and he will help us to raise up the next godly generation if we ask for his help. Next, to raise up the next godly generation, we need to live and practice God's word daily. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God uses his word, the Bible, to guide us. It is the proven playbook. An extensive study was done that shows the importance of God's word for spiritual growth. It was conducted by the Center for Bible Engagement, and this was an extensive survey of over 400,000 people worldwide from 24 countries and 75 Christian denominations, including non-Christians as well, non-believers. The findings consistently show that engaging the Bible four more days a week is the single most powerful predictor of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is becoming less of the person I was 
before I committed my life to following Jesus and more like Christ in my thoughts, words, and deeds. It doesn't matter where you start with Jesus. He wants to take you from where you are and grow you in knowing him better and becoming more like him. As you yourself become more like Christ, another way of saying godly, you can lead your kids to be more godly. This study highlights what God said in Deuteronomy 6. We need to soak in the word of God and then talk about it in our families. And that's how we grow to be more and more like him. Knowing God's word and doing God's word is the number one factor in our spiritual growth. The only way to run successful plays is to know what the playbook says. As we spend time reading the playbook, it goes through our eyes, into our mind, and then down into our heart, which, according to the Bible, is our core decision-making center. It's where we make all our decisions about how we're going to handle life. It is the wellspring of life. It's where life comes from, our heart. It's, it's, that's, that's the significance of that. And if we do, if we know the word of God and we soak it in, it, it becomes what transforms us. Over time, we're transformed by the word of God. The next key to raising up the next generation is to be a team. In marriage, we looked at this last week, so I'm not going to talk about it a lot today, other than the fact that the relationship between a mom and a dad and how they team is a key factor in moving forward and raising the next godly generation. God's ideal is that kids are raised in a home with both mom and dad, but our broken world's real is that. Not every child is raised in that environment. If you're parenting alone, you can trust God to work through. As your kids learn to trust him, you can trust him to be working through all the circumstances that they're dealing with, the situations that they're facing as life flows by. If they'll love him and turn to him, God will use those very things that have been the source of heartbreak to grow them in godly character. That's why it's so important to know and follow Christ and lead your kids to know and follow Christ as well. The best thing you can do for your kids is to have a healthy marriage. And the best thing you can do for your marriage is to have a healthy walk with God. Another way to raise up the next generation, the godly generation, is to give loving correction and guidance. If you have ever raised a two-year-old or spent maybe an afternoon with a two-year-old, you know that children need loving correction and guidance. They must be taught the ways of God over time. 
It's not automatic for any of us. And we, we have to be corrected. And that's what scripture does. We talked about that last week. Ephesians 6, 4 acknowledges this reality and says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The phrase bring them up literally means to nourish your children. It's talking about the right atmosphere for your relationship with your kids. You create the right atmosphere in your relationship with your kids by paying attention to them and showing kindness to them. A friend of mine, Deborah Bullock, wrote a very helpful and practical book on parenting called Parenting, Is There an App for That? Deborah says that kindness creates an atmosphere that opens up your kids to receive your guidance and correction. Very, very important to be kind to your kids. The book was written for younger kids, uh, for moms of younger kids, but its principles come from the Bible. They're, it's, they're great for dads of younger kids. They're great for parents of kids of all ages. The principles come from the Bible and they're applicable across the board, even for us parents. <laughs> it's, it's important. We're going to be following the outline of her book in a parenting seminar online that's coming up in February. I'd like to encourage you to sign up on the connection card or in the next steps, and we'll send you a link to that seminar when it's available. I'd also encourage you to attend the Q&A follow-up. We're going to ask for parents to send in questions, and then uh, I'm planning to arrange answers to those questions. If you want practical help for parenting, I'd encourage you to sign up for those things. Final key to raising the next godly generation is don't attempt parenting alone. A church community is an incredibly valuable resource for you as parents. My kids benefited greatly from having the church community around who provided a multiplied number of godly examples for them as they grew up. And many of our kids in our congregation have benefited in the same way from the multiplied impact of the godly examples that we find in church life. It's They're like extra aunts and uncles and cousins that, can encourage us in the right things. We have people at CIV investing in our kids through KidZone and CSM student ministry who turn out to be a major influence on our kids. Community group signups are going on right now. Community groups are also a great way to get your kids around other examples. Uh, other godly examples. And what I've found is, you know, my kids might write me off, but if there's somebody who's a lot cooler than I am 
just a little ahead of them in age. They pull them on, and they're following God and knowing Jesus and encouraging that in my kids. That has a powerful effect on them. So I want to encourage you, get into community groups and dive into church life. If you're a parent, get involved in the church community. Don't just stay on the perimeter, but dive into it. Of course, you need to dive in as you develop the ability to trust us more and more. But I want you to, I want you to, to dive in. I, I invite you to do that. Parents, I also want to encourage you to leverage your relationships. Phone a friend. Ask for help. When you don't know what to do, there is someone in the church community who has been where you are and they've dealt with similar things. Include people you know. This is another way that we can leverage relationships. And include people you know who are following God and that you trust. Include them in your children's world. They can say what you can't and what they need to hear. I was talking to one of the dads of a teenager the other day, and he said, you know, one of the folks in CSM said, what I've been telling my son for years, over and over and over again, but they say it once and it clicks. <laughs> and that's how it is. Scripture says in a matter of, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter is confirmed. And that's just the way it is, parents. We need more examples of how to live and what's right to give your life for. And they are found in a church community. We want to be a help to you as you raise your kids here at CIB. In football, Sometimes the clock is running down and you need a game-changing play. You need some plays that are going to make an, a big impact in a short amount of time. Here are the game-changers for today. The biggest game-changer is to simply pray. This is what all of us can do when we don't know what to do. We can pray. We can ask God for help. We can turn to him and say, God, I don't get what's going on here. Would you help me? Would you show me? And then second game changer, consider your marriage. If you're experiencing some challenges in parenting, consider how your marriage is factoring into that and affecting your kids. Perhaps you and your spouse aren't on the same page and you need to huddle up or take a time out and get some time away and sort out how you need to move forward. Next, ask for help. That's another game changer that we can use. Sometimes the answer is just a phone call away if you'll humble yourself and ask for help when you need it. Final game changer, that's something that Cindy and I committed to and built into our marriage and family life, is to adopt the hard attitudes. The hard attitudes are a part of our church covenant at Church in the Valley. They're short summary statements of what the Bible teaches about relating to one another. 
it just so happens that the first four work really well in family life. They help avoid conflict or deal with conflict and give a framework for strong, healthy relationships. Here they are, the hard attitudes, the first four. If you're not familiar with these, they're in the handout that you can download and you can go through them and check out the the passages, the verses that go with them. But I don't have time to say a lot about them right now. So hard attitude number one, put the goals and interests of others above my own. Number two, live an honest and open life before others. Number three, give and receive scriptural correction. Number four, clear up relationships. If you'll just begin to build those into your family life, weave them into the fabric of how you relate to one another, they will really be a help to you and help your kids get off to the best start possible. The purpose of parenting is to raise up the next godly generation. I want to encourage you, if you're a parent, especially if you're overwhelmed and you feel inadequate like I did, God wants to help you raise your kids. And he's given his proven playbook with all the principles that we need to use. And he wants to help us grow in those. He wants to help us grow to be more effective in our parenting. Of all the people on the face of the planet, he chose you to be the parent for your kids. And he wants to help you raise the next godly generation. And you don't have to do it alone. He's there, and the church community wants to be here for you as well. I want to encourage a next step today, and the next step that I want to encourage is, first of all, pick one of the game changers to use this week. And then sign up for the Practical Parenting Seminar in February that's coming up. We want to be a help to you. Pray. Ask God for help. Ask God for wisdom in knowing which game changer to implement. And seek the help that you need that is so available in the church community and that will be available in this parenting seminar. Let's pray. Father, we ask you, God, for your help. We thank you for the, the proven playbook that you've given us, the Bible your word that we can guide by. And I pray for the strength to implement, to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today. And I ask for your help in doing that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.